Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is Up in the Rafters, where I'm joined by my guy, Carolina basketball legend and 2017 national champion, Justin Jackson of the Boston Celtics. Justin, the hype around UNC is off the charts right now, to be expected when you're the preseason number one, you open up the year Monday with a 69-56 to win over UNC Wilmington. Maybe not as dominant as as fans might have expected, but what were your biggest takeaways watching that game? Um, I, I think that honestly is one of the biggest ones. I mean, I think you know fans might be upset or whatever after or not impressed after the first game, but you know it's the first game of a long season, just coming off of a season of you know making it all the way to the championship game, um, and so I think for them, kind of just being able to get out there. Um, you know, in a, in a real type game um, in front of the fans and kind of, you know, get that first real game experience into this season um, with a new team, new guys that are going to be involved. Uh, I think it was just kind of good to see them get back out there and start playing again. How big of an, an adjustment is that going from the practices and scrimmages to to that live action like like Coach Davis refers to and in, in getting to that game one? Yeah, I mean, it's like there's really nothing that can compare to you know, actually playing in front of your home crowd for something that actually matters, which is a real regular season game. Um, you know, like the late nights, um, scrimmages, the, even the exhibition games, they don't even compare to running out of that tunnel and knowing that, okay, if we lose this, it goes on our record. Um, and so I think, you know, adrenaline, um, just being too hype, you know, I know like for freshmen, I know it's like the first time that you get to really, you know, feel that whole experience. So when you get on the court, you probably are 10 times more tired um, just because of nerves and everything like that. So I think it's good to, you know, for one, for those guys to be able to get out there and kind of feel that. Um, but then two, just, you know, it, it feels like a brand new team, to be honest. And we only, you know, you only lost what Brady and then yeah. added a few freshmen. Um, so it's good to kind of see them get out there and play, you know, for the first time this year. You mentioned the freshmen, Tyler Nickel, Seth Trimble, make their collegiate debuts. What did you see from them in, in the minutes that they were out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for, for freshmen, usually it's you got to find whatever it is, whatever role it is that you're going to play. You know, I think you saw Seth picking up, trying to pressure the basketball, um, offensively trying to get out in transition, get downhill. Um, and then Tyler, you know, I think it's just a matter of him finding, you know, whatever role it, it is for, for them, you know, whether it is defending or, you know, spacing the floor, you know, trying to shoot the ball or whatever. Um, you know, I think he just has to kind of find that role in that niche to hopefully be able to provide some sort of minutes off the bench for the team. But, 
you know, they didn't play like they were afraid. They didn't play like they were nervous. You know, they went out there and played hard. Um, and so I think that was a good sign for sure. Can you put us in in their shoes? What what were your emotions like playing in your fa- first game at, at the collegiate level? Um, it's different. You know, you come from high school, and a lot of times you're the best player by far on your team, and usually in the whole, you know, your state and maybe even in the country. And so you go in there with these expectations of yourself and other people putting expectations of what you should be doing to help the team or what you should be putting out there and um you know it's just it's it's different you have to kind of like I said with with those two guys you have to find what your niche is you have to find what it is that the team needs you to do because I don't need you to go out there and get 30 again um like like you had to in high school so just a matter of finding what it is that'll help you stay on the court um and so obviously the first game you're always you everybody can say that they're not nervous but you're always nervous when you first go out there in your first game um, adrenaline is going crazy, especially once the music starts before the game, starting lineups. Um, so it's just a matter of staying calm, you know, obviously believing in yourself and, and playing how you know you can play, but then finding what it is that, you know, now Coach Davis, you know, wants you to do to try to stay on the court. Carolina had the the usual suspects leading leading the way for this team to the win. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis were the leading scorers with 17, Armando Baycott with 16, Leaky Black chips in with seven great defense on uh, just just a, a great two way player for this Carolina team. I was really impressed with um, R.J. Davis. I, I thought he looked really under control. He he was rejecting a lot of ball screens. He has great touch around the basket. He looks like he could be a, a first team all ACC player this year with that core of guys that came back. Did anybody stand out or, or any of their play um, stick out to you? No, I mean, I think everybody basically did what they what we know they can do. You know, like you said, RJ was pretty steady um, at the point, kind of getting, you know, everybody in the spots they needed to be, being aggressive when he needed to be aggressive. Obviously, Caleb, we know how explosive he can be when it comes to offensively, um, you know, kind of filling up the stat sheet. And then Armando is just – he is who he is who he is, right? Like he's gonna dominate. He's a huge body in there. Um, he's gonna dominate on the glass, you know, anything around the rim, you know, that's his. So I think it was good to see that. I think um the the biggest thing, and I was just talking to um actually Kenny um not too long ago, was about Pete Nance, right? And and filling that role of Brady. Um you know, I think it, it's like a give or take. Obviously, Brady was an unbelievable, you know, offensive threat for the team last year. Um, and at times defensively was kind of, you know, that was the matchup that other teams wanted to go at. I think now this year it's more of the flip, right? Like when Pete's out there on the court defensively, there's really no holes, you know, defensively. But then offensively, it's kind of where we got to find that shooting that Brady bought brought to the team last year. Um, so I think that is the one spot for me when I watch the game um, that I think over time we'll have to kind of watch and see where is this, you know, outside of shooting going to come from, but I love their, def- like the defensive end of the floor, you know, I see them, you know, calling 14 or 15, which, you know, for those that don't know, it's basically switching one through four, switching one through five. And so, having kind of those lineups out there where Pete Nance is maybe at the five and you can switch everything, I think totally changes the look of how they play defense. So I think that's one thing to keep an eye on for sure. 
Yeah, the defensive potential for this team is off the charts. Wilmington only scored 21 points at halftime. They shoot under 30% for the entire game. I love the point you made about Pete Nance and how it's almost the reverse of of Brady Manick last year. I, I didn't even really think about that, but I thought that was something that kind of stuck out to me. Nance's ability to play the five, to to give Mondo breaks, or if Mondo gets in foul trouble, he moves well out on the perimeter. Um, you, you'd like to see him open up things more offensively for the team, but it's it's game one, so it's it's really early uh, to be pressing the panic button with this offense. And you have Caleb Love, you have R.J. Davis, you have Armando. Points points are going to be easy to come by if if this defense can kind of establish this team on that end. Um, I think that would be that would be massive for for this Carolina team. But offensively, Wilmington threw a ton of different looks at Carolina that were disrupting the timing of the offense, uh, you know, picking up 94 feet with pressure, uh, half court pressure, full court pressure. What did you see from Wilmington that maybe kind of disrupted the timing of the UNC offense? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough when you, when you play against a team that is so, so aggressive defensively. I mean, it was from the jump, like we're picking you up 94 feet, whether we miss or make like we're doing that. So if you never really went against that in practice, you know, if North Carolina doesn't run it themselves as far as, you know, full court press or whatever, then you're probably not going to go against it in practice very much, especially before the first game of the year. So I think, I think they did a decent job of kind of playing against that. Obviously you had some, you know, some turnovers here and there, things like that against that pressure, but it's tough to simulate another team's pressure like that. If you don't do it, you know, yourselves. Um, but I think, Offensively, for me, um, when I kind of look at the stats, they had, what, four assists the whole game, um, which I think for me, obviously, it's it's a little skewed because they do a bunch of pick and roll now. They do a bunch of dribble handoffs. Their offense is just a little bit different. Um, so it kind of consists of more dribble drives and that kind of stuff. But I think that's one thing that they'll definitely need to pay attention to because four assists, I mean, that's that's basically you're you're not passing the ball to score at all um so I think that's one thing that kind of you know I wasn't fully expecting but it, like you said it's the first game right it's the first game against a team that plays a little bit different than probably teams that they'll play you know going forward so uh, you know I think they'll be just fine when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, that was one of the things I made a note where I'm looking to see this team improve the most. They had nine turnovers to those four four assists and the room for error 
goes goes down when you're getting into your sets 15 seconds into the shot clock. So I think Wilmington did a good job of of kind of pressuring North Carolina and it's something that if if they show that they struggle against it on Wilmington, you're probably going to see it more as the year goes on. Um it's kind of like a a copycat league where wherever works for one team, another team is going to try it until you show you can stop it. And I thought another way that Wilmington had some success was trying to put Mondo in ball screens and attacking him when, when he's playing that deep drop, we saw teams go to that with success last year. Is there anything Carolina can do to try to counter that action? Or is it something that you have to live with when, when you do have Mondo at the five with what you're getting from him on the offensive end too? Yeah, I mean, that was also – that was kind of something that I saw as well. They, I mean, I feel like every single play ended with a ball screen with Mondo being in it. Um, and I want to give him credit because he did a pretty pretty good job um, in that first game against that pick and roll. Um, I think with somebody like him, you have to live with it. I think in college it helps a little bit more because you can pack the paint a little bit more. You can help and shift a little bit more. Um, but with how big Mondo is, I think he always just has to stay stay aware of obviously the roller, but just go and contest everything at the rim. You know, you don't want to get dragged out too much. You don't want to try to, you know, put too much pressure on the guard because then that's whenever you get into foul trouble as a big. Um, but like I said, I mean, I think he did a great job, in my opinion, in the first game if he can continue to get better at that and they can kind of shift, you know, whether it's off of the guys that they know can't really shoot or they just shift in more when they see a pick and roll. I think that's really the only thing you can do. Cause you have to have Mondo on the court, like offensively he's unstoppable almost down there. So you have to have him on the floor. I think it's just making small adjustments, but Mondo's seen it. Like you said, even last year, they attacked him the same thing. So he's seen it now going on two years. And so if he can learn from kind of, his mistakes in the past, I think he'll just keep getting better at it. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you're on this podcast and, and on the Celtics now, because I think I was watching, I watch a lot of like breakdown videos and I think I was watching the Celtics um, doing like pre-switching. So they couldn't get some of the yeah. Celtics bigs in, in those scenarios. So that could be something also that Carolina can turn to. And it's kind of the best part about basketball, the the counters and, and seeing how coaches kind of uh, go at things differently. Uh, I also love the early season games because you see coaches trying out different lineups. Like the end of last year, it was the iron five and the iron five <laughs> for every game, essentially. At the end of the first half, we saw a small ball lineup. I don't know if anybody had this on their bingo card. It was Seth Trimble, R.J. Davis, uh, DeMarco Dunn, Caleb Love at the four, Pete Nance at the five. What do you think about going with those lineups and these early season games where coaches can tinker around and try to see what works and what doesn't? Yeah, I mean, I think think you're you're not going to see Caleb Love at the four very often. but I think one thing that I have to give Coach Davis credit to is he's he said going into this year that he's with the people on the bench, he's going based off of their practices leading up to the games, right? And so when you look at, you know, Dunn, for example, you know, he said he stacked a lot of good practices leading up, you know, and so you you give him some sort of opportunity. Obviously, you have to give Seth some sort of opportunity as a freshman to see what he can do, you know, against college-level players, Um 
you know, and then, you know, you kind of tinker with some things, but I think, I think with all, like with all of those guys, I think the biggest thing for me is having Pete Nance be able to play the five, right? Like give Mondo some sort of break to be able to go out for a little bit. I know he probably would love to play 40 minutes, but to give him some sort of break so that he can come back in and be just as dominant as when the game starts. So it is an interesting lineup, um, you know, having, you know, basically a six, what, six, three, three man and a six, four, six, five, four man. Um, they got but, two stops you know, defensively. Like only, said, only two possessions. They got two stops. You, you might as well tinker with some things before the game really start heating up. Um, so, you know, Coach Davis, he knows what he's doing. So I'll let him I'll let him do it. Yeah, one of those two stops was a, a shot clock violation because they just kept running those those handoff actions and Carolina was just able to switch everything when your one through four is is six two and and shorter. Um and the other point I thought you mentioned that was worth uh repeating. Coach Davis, above any coach, I think, isn't playing anybody who who hasn't earned earned the minutes. So when you hear somebody like DeMarco stacking good practices, you know, you really shouldn't be surprised when, when he's out there playing. Um, I thought one area of concern for Carolina was the, the lack of bench scoring. They, they scored six points as, as a bench. Um, Where do you think bench scoring could come from and how much would somebody like Puff Johnson being available help that bench unit? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, you saw how Puff played in, you know, the national championship game. Um, and we know what he can kind of bring offensively as far as shooting and things like that. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things is, you know, just getting him healthy and being able to have him come off that bench. Um, but it's also tough because bench scoring is – it's always it's always skewed if you don't have guys coming off the bench and playing consistent minutes, right? Like, you look, you look at the stats, it's like Tyler played six minutes – Styles played three, you know, and then it was like 14 and 15 for, you know, Seth and DeMarco. So it's always a little skewed um, when it comes to that. But I think they have to find somebody. You Like you said, the Iron Five last year, they just ran out of gas, you know, at the end of the year in that championship game. So you have to find somebody that can provide some sort of minutes, you know, give some sort of offensive and defensive productivity going into, into games um, just to give them some sort of a, you know, a load off. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough to kind of gauge that based off the first game with Puff being heard and that kind of thing. And coach Davis trying to tinker with the lineups, but I think that's probably one of their biggest, you know, keys to this year is trying to find somebody that can provide something off the bench. Um, so it's not all just on that starting five. Yeah. It's a lot to ask for, I think with how good this North Carolina team is, but you know, uh, a Lou Will off the bench, a Jordan Clarkson type option off the bench, somebody yeah. who could be like instant offense for Carolina would be uh, huge. But I, I also think as the season kind of goes on, you're going to see more minutes for RJ Davis and, and Caleb Love where, you know, you're really not going to have somebody's opportunity there to to be playing and, and getting in that rhythm of the offense. Um, unless somebody like Seth Trimble can kind of take that spot and, and run with it. But um, an, an area I know that coach Davis won't be happy about Carolina out rebounded by Wilmington 37 to 32. Should we be reading into that? Or is, is this just a one-off or is there something to be concerned about there? 
I don't think there's really anything to be concerned about it. I mean, we have Mondo's down low. You know he's going to get his 10 to 12. Pete Nance is going to give us, you know, however many he's going to give us. Um, I think, honestly, at times I would say that the, you know, UNC Wilmington, they just had a little more fire to them um, in that first game. So at times the ball is going to bounce your way a little bit more. You're going to, you know, outwork somebody. Um a few more times when you play like UNC Wilmington did, which all credit to them. They went in there and fought and played as hard as they could. So I don't think it's anything to really look at. Now, if it was, you know, 45 to 32, then I think it's kind of like, okay, they're really, they're outworking us. But, you know, it's the first game. Guys probably were a little more tired than they thought they would be. Um, and, you know, guys beat them to some loose balls and rebounds. So if they clean that up a little bit. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think uh, the total rebounds, Wilmington only out-rebounds them by five, but the offensive rebounds, uh, Wilmington had 16 to Carolina's seven. Um, so that's something that Coach Davis is going to key on in the practices leading up to Friday's game. But Carolina back in action against Charleston in the Dean Dome on Friday. I wasn't at the Dean Dome on Monday. It sounded loud on TV. I've heard others say how good the crowd was for an early season non-conference game which makes sense when you're the preseason number one so you'd hope that continues uh but appreciate everybody listening justin appreciate the time and looking forward to next week i appreciate it man the wait is over the shy returns with new episodes on paramount plus what brings you to the show opportunity everybody get down walk right up to the side a new rain is coming to the south side Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.